Drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. America, stay out the bushes. Stay out the bushes. Jet is a mess. And welcome to a Friday, September 30th, end of September. Last day of September. Edition of the Elephants in the Room. How you doing? Good. I mean, I almost said to max that we need to get snoopy up today because there was a period no. of time today where we had a break no. and i was kind of like no maybe we can get snoopy up but we're gonna we officially are gonna wait until october although there is that four you- hours left in the day <laughs> i'm kidding you know full well today was not the day to ask about Snoopy. <laughs> no, Snoopy. Snoopy might have been impaled if I had asked for Snoopy to go up. <laughs> we might not have Snoopy That would have been the end of Snoopy if, uh, if, if that request would have... Hey, honey, when you get a chance today, could you put up Snoopy? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Don't harm Snoopy. He means well. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, he means to lure children in so we can give them candy. Yeah. That's the goal. Listen, Learning I'm very the excited for trick-or-treaters. Oh, we got to get candy. Maybe yeah, we'll do that in another episode. What's your favorite Halloween candy? But Oh, yeah, yeah. We've got to, we're we, not in October we got yet. Lots we're not in October. Time. We're not in October. I have a different food October. thing to talk about, so it's fine. Okay, fine. Okay, we'll let's get, get through the boring stuff so we can get to the food thing. Candy corn. <laughs> Hi, Penny. Penny's decided to push her food dish around just as we're recording, so it's cute. Yeah, it's it's as if the <laughs> ceramic absorbed the meal she was trying to eat, and now she needs to fight the ceramic <laughs> for the remains. All right, we're just going to keep going, and if you all hear that, just ignore it. We're going to try to make this a quicker episode um, because it's getting late and we want to eat dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Five thirty. Radical candor. <laughs> Five thirty-eight. Nate Silver site. Only in America can you become famous for calling Obama beating McCain. <laughs> the easiest election to call of our lifetime, but nevertheless, she persisted and came out with uh, an article. Uh, talking about um, the midterms, and previously we, uh, I like to reference this site because it's the um, it's the data nerd site that all the inside DC Politico people like to go to, um, and um, I don't know, it gives them comfort at night or whatever. And so he wrote an article this week about five reasons for Democrats to still be concerned about the midterms, and this is something that we've been preaching for. Um, Oh, I don't know, since we re- revived this podcast, which is that, um, you know, news cycles rarely last longer than 24 hours these days. Oh, yeah. 
And it, because of that, um, it's unlikely that an issue that's dominating the news in July or August will be the issue that's dominating the news in September and October. The chances of it are very slim, especially when you're talking about something, you know, when you're, when you're talking about um, things like um, uh, gun control. Those are high visibility incidents because they are so tragic and so outside the norm of, um, of human behavior that there are these, these flashpoints for, for about a week and then, and then, and then people go back to, to realizing that it would be um, absolutely insane to try to take away everyone's guns. Um, and, and so that's the news environment that we live in. Obviously, abortion has proven itself to be a different sort of issue, one that um, it was such a fundamental change in how we, in how people interact with that procedure. Um, that that's an issue that um, um, was, was only only came more to be more prominent. So that that is an that is an example against kind of what we talk about, where you know generally you know if something happens, it causes an uproar, and then it goes away. That's something that that it, it, that was such a fundamental shift in the landscape of an issue, where that is going to be prominent for election cycles to come. The abortion issue is never going to go away. <laughs> Um, and it's only going to become more intense. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that there are going, there is going to be an issue this fall that is going to rise and has risen above everything else. Um, and this is what Nate Silver gets into. Um, the first is that the first of his five points is that the fundamentals um, ought to be pretty good for Republicans. Opposition opposition parties tend to do well. Mm-hmm. Right, if things aren't going well, you blame the party in power. You vote for the other people. There's a lot of people in the middle of the country that do this. They all vote one way, vote another. There's nothing wrong with that, right? We all know there's sketchballs on both sides. Neither party has a monopoly on jerks. Neither party has a monopoly on people who will lie to you. There's honorable people on both sides. We understand why people will go from time to time. This sounds better. This sounds better. This sounds better. This sounds better. It's a completely normal behavior pattern. I have no problem with it, even though I myself am a right-wing extremist. Um, President Biden's unpopular. Um, Americans are unhappy about the direction of the country. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is that there's just an actual, just a structural advantage for Republicans in the Senate side about the states that are up. Um you know, um, the, the second one uh, that he point that he brings up is uh, the issue environment could get better for the Republicans. Um, and it's very hard to, as he writes, it's very hard to to take this into account when building a model about what the election might look like going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first the first one is pretty easy, right? There's polling on President Biden's popularity. There's polling on direction of the country. There's polling on. There's polling on what which party in the generic ballot people like, but there's not really polling on, you know, there's not, you know, there's not really, um, there's not really a way to, you know, balance it. If, if if one issue all of a sudden becomes the primary issue, I mean, yeah, maybe your your model can start to account for it, but um, but it's a little bit harder. Um, the next point he gets into, which um, I think is going to be interesting, and I'm personally very interested in, is Republicans could overtake Democrats in advertising. 
I thought we had no money because Trump was hoarding. So this is what I'm talking about. And so he says, one, if, if I were actually betting on election outcomes at prediction markets, I'd pay attention to the flow of campaign advertising. If one candidate has a temporary edge in the airways, it might lead to a temporary surge in polls. So one potential source of concern for Democrats would be if they dominated the advertising race during the summer, but only temporarily. As he writes, and as I believe, um, I don't, I, he, he says he doesn't know. My personal opinion is I'm not sure the Democrats have much to worry about in the battleground states. And I say does that especially where we live in Arizona, where Mark Kelly has such an advantage over Blake Masters. They're running two completely different campaigns. Um, on the governor's side, you look at the polling, think, it's neck and neck. Okay. But. I feel like you can't really compare our state to other states because <laughs> we have a terrible candidate. If we had had a good candidate, I think they would have had a chance. But well, we have a terrible, dumb, stupid candidate. Um, I think that there's plenty to say about that. I think that there's also to say that we also have a bunch of other bad candidates around there. Like our candidate for Pennsylvania governor. Not a good candidate. Yeah. Not a good candidate. We we have bad can. We're not mm -hmm. like so far blownsies. Okay, here's the thing. I think maybe a bad candidate could win if the incumbent Democrat is like truly terrible. But the problem in Arizona is that our incumbent is just blah. He's just blah. Yep. Like he. Generic Democrat. He's generic. Right. And so you're just not going to win with a terrible candidate against generic. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're 100% right. And um, and I, well, I think you're kind of hitting on another issue is that the person who effectively tipped the scales in these primary races um, has completely abandoned the battlefield when it comes to the races that actually matter. That's former President Trump. And they've already said they raised all of this money and they've decided they're not going to disperse it. Um, you know, <laughs> I'll just say this, he can brag about whatever his primary record is, you know, but let's see his general election record. Also, primaries are easy. Primaries are easy. He tipped the scales. All you need is like 35% of your party to win some of these primaries. And he's got 35% of the party on, locked up under his thumb. Right, as he famously said, he could walk down Fifth Avenue and shoot someone, and you still all vote for me. And while that number of people who would vote for him is dwindling, there's still about 30 to 35 percent of the party who will look at something that he says and go, "No, he means the opposite," <laughs> and give him the benefit of the doubt. And that's that's just something that we have to deal with on the Republican Party, on the on the side Republican side, is that sometimes. They're in our races, the way that our primaries are structured, 35% of the party will dictate who becomes the general election candidate. And then it's up for the rest of us to figure out how we're going to get this person elected because they don't have campaign infrastructure. All they did was they went down to Florida and said, I don't think you lost the 2020 election. And, and we all know that that's the one and only issue that matters. So... Like I said, he's raised $108 million, and he spent it on his own personal lawyers and Melania's wardrobe. And that's not a lie. You can go Google it. Point four. Republicans are more likely than not to have an enthusiasm advantage. 
100% correct. I can't wait. Yeah, this really? is always true. The opposition party always has an enthusiasm advantage. Huh. We're going to show up. We're going to vote for these candidates. Some of them won't have to plug our nose and vote for. But <laughs> that's just the, that's just that's just how it is. That's just how it is. And yeah. Republicans are going to show up. We not like I said. I don't. You know, our candidates are doing the best to make it unenthusiastic for us in some of these cases. You know, one candidate who I think has really turned it around and is doing a great job now is Dr. Oz. I think Oz oh, has what's been doing... He, what I has think, he done I think Oz you? has been doing a great job. Well, you you want to know what? He's kind of gone to the George H.W. Bush playbook of 1988, and, and, and he's putting on his blue jeans, and he's talking to people. Oh, that's good. You that's know, what you said. That's what you told him to do. And that, exactly. So exactly. he must be a listener. I hope he's a listener. He's get. <laughs> he's put. You know, th- there's a famous. It, this this was in 1988. One of the things that H. W. Bush ran up against was that this guy is he's blue blood. H. W. Bush is a blue blood. Yeah. Okay. Now you know. Look, served our country. The man with the golden resume, we all know this. George H.W. Bush is one of the great Americans he's ever lived. But the fact of the matter is, is that he did have this, you know, being out of touch, not knowing what a banana cost. Oy. It could only be $10. You know, how much is it? it could only, you know, what could a banana cost? Didn't know the cost of banana, stuff like that. You know, he's like fascinated by supermarkets. You read all about this 1988 campaign at the beginning. The guy's really awkward. Um, there's a reason why Reagan smoked him in the first place. But, but anyways, finally, he gets into the pickup truck, he puts on the blue jeans, and he just starts interacting with, just, he, just, he just goes, he just starts being a regular person again. You that's know? good. And, that's, and this is what Dr. Oz is doing. Now, it also helps that Dr. Oz is running against someone whose complete image has been blown to smithereens. You know, this blue-collar guy... John Fetterman, you know, he's just he's just one of the, one of the guys, just one of the union guys. Nope, he's a trust fund brat. <laughs> he's never had a real job. His parents have paid for everything. His parents paid him a salary um, up until like 2016, 2017, something like that, when he was like 48, 49. I mean, this is a loser's loser. Yikes. I mean, a true loser's loser. Yikes. Guy. And, um, you know, obviously, tragically, he had a stroke earlier this year. And that has impaired his cognitive ability, very obviously. Not just his cognitive ability, but also, you know, a physical ability to be able to perform a job as a United States senator. So Dr. Oz has has jumped on this, rightly, and has kept highlighting the fact that he kept, Fetterman's been dodging debates, dodging debates, dodging debates. Well, finally, the the Pennsylvania newspapers got into it, and, you know, like, Oh, and the Washington Post got into it. So Fetterman's got to debate Oz. Fetterman finally Ooh, broke down. He's is it going to be televised? Oz. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be. It's yes. like October twenty fifth. Like it's like as late as I possible. Feel like, wait, I feel like that's the same day as like our governor one. Yeah, we have one that's up. late. We've got we've got like a bunch around. Oh, how are we going to watch all of these at the same time? Uh, I don't know. But we will do it for y'all. That's the burden. That's you know. That's. I want to know if we can go to the governor one here in person. That would be cool. Mm, it would be cool. It would be cool. But I don't know if they're allowing people in or not. 
You know, his tickets get dispersed. You know how this stuff gets dispersed. Yeah. You gotta pay to get in. I'm not paying. <laughs> right, I'm not paying. Um. So so uh, so so that. Oh, and the last one is that uh, Democrats still have to worry about the reliability of polls, and it goes into the whole. Oh, the, the hidden voters. People Here we who go. Don't want to return calls. People don't trust the polling companies. Whatever. Okay. That's what the Trafalgar was so famous for. They got the 2016 election right because they were able to suss out the hidden Trump voter. Because we don't we don't pick up our phones, uh, <laughs> and uh, and um, but yeah, I mean I mean that's that's also a real thing. Polling is becoming more and more and more unreliable. It's becoming more difficult. You know, as trust receipts in society of all of our institutions. You know, it's always going to be tough. You know, but I think I think the big issue obviously is going to be stories like this. Unrelenting inflation is taking a toll, leaving more Americans living paycheck to paycheck. As of August, 60% of Americans were living paycheck to paycheck. 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Of those earning more than six figures, 45% reported living paycheck to paycheck. I feel like we did a segment on this not that long ago. Has this number gone up? It's gone up. It's gone up. From 55 to 60, from 38 to 45. So it's Oof. gone up from 55% of people overall to in 60% like not, of in people In like a few overall. weeks, in like a month or two. Well, correct. Well, what's the, other, what's the other story that we're seeing in the news? What are we talking about? Well, something about gas prices. Mm-hmm. What did we see today? What did we see today? It was like 509. 509. 509. Yeah. 509. It was 449 and, last week. And we got sent a photo from California that it was $6.49 a gallon. Just in time for the midterms, folks. Just in time for the midterms. Remember, I, I, just, I just love it. To everyone who voted for Joe Biden, congratulations. You got exactly what he said he was going to do. He said he was going to attack domestic energy production. He has successfully attacked domestic oil energy production to the point where we have no recourse to try to solve this issue other than tapping into our strategic petroleum reserves, which are already at a 40-year low or 50-year low. Way too low. See, this is why we were having this debate in the, in the parking lot when mm-hmm. we were finishing up golf today. This is what I understand. If these people voted for him knowing that that's what they were gonna, he was going to do, mm-hmm. and then he did it, why would they suddenly vote against it? So either they didn't understand it or and now they for, suddenly understand it, or they just didn't think it would be this bad. Like, well, you know, they got a plan for it. Mm, okay. You know, that's what I've never understood. Like, well, I mean, the the fact of the matter is, is that I, um, I think the fact is people, they they didn't actually vote for that particular thing. No. And now that it's happening, they're like, oh. Well, we know why Donald Trump isn't president. Donald Trump's not president because people, because, well, I think there's a couple things. One of them, I think the biggest thing is COVID. Yeah. I think it's COVID. If no COVID, he, he sleepwalks to re-election. Yeah. I mean, unemployment would have been 3.2%. Everything is, hindsight is twenty twenty, but he needed a better strategy for handling COVID. He needed a strategy that was, I mean, 
it was outside of his personality, right? Like he, like the fact of the matter is we all know now COVID was basically a scam. Mm -hmm. There was no need to shut down the entire country. Well, it wasn't a scam to Dr. Fauci. His family's net worth went up 60%. But anyway, the whole point of it was to take him out. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, his response to that was to be a victim and cry about it. And that's just not going to work because 45% yep. of the country thinks it's a real thing. Mm -hmm. And the 55% that realizes like, yeah, this is totally being overblown. They're not, they don't want the victim message. So like, I just, I don't know what the strategy should have been, but the one that he went with was not great. Yeah. And the first debate was really bad. Oh, and the debates were terrible. <laughs> the first debate was really bad. Um, but I mean, my issue, my issue is always going to be, yeah, like I remember we had this discussion one time with, with people about, you know, like, or, or just what happened. I basically said, like, I look at voting for Obama and voting for Biden the same way. Like, I don't, I don't care what your issue might be with Donald Trump and his personality um i obviously after his presidency my i've had more issues with him than when he was being president he was a pretty fantastic president for the most part um i i wish he didn't cede his his agenda to paul ryan but um i guess i'm not going to argue with lower taxes <laughs> um but i wish he did some different things with 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 with, with uh, his initial agenda but but um but when you're talking about the the fate of the country and who do you think would be best to bring us uh to for to an economic recovery that was going to be needed after a pandemic um don't you want the guy who led you to 3.5 percent unemployment in the first place seems like a pretty easy decision seems like a pretty easy decision but this is why yeah. and then we talked about you know how it's too easy to vote. <laughs> it's way too easy to vote. And I'll state on the record, you can feel free to disagree with me if you want, but uh, I believe you should have to pass the United States citizenship test before you are handed a ballot. Yeah, I have no problem with that and doing it every single time. There's no reason why you shouldn't brush up on the issues and how government functions before you go. It's not a hard test. The answers are known. Like, why do we have a test for a driver's license? Because mm -hmm. it's dangerous to drive on a road with people who don't know the rules. Exactly. It's dangerous for people to vote without knowing what they're voting for. Just know how things work. Yeah. And that's free information. That's everywhere. It's in a library. It's on the internet. If we instituted this, I'm sure we'd send pamphlets to every person in America with, like, all the answers. And all you would have to do is read it <laughs> and memorize it. Like... It's not like this is secret information. <laughs> You're asking people to put in effort. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, is that racist or sexist? I don't understand how it's racist to ask people to put an effort to vote, but it's not racist to ask people to put an effort to know how to drive and get a license. Like, how is that different? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we can get someone who's very woke to come on and, and school us on why that is racist. I, I think I think what we have here is an example of what we might call a rhetorical question. Yeah. <laughs>
quite possibly. <laughs> hey, speaking speaking of magical things, let me tell you something. Alexandra Ocasio Cortez, she's not. I don't know if she knows how people get pregnant. Uh oh. I don't know if she knows how pregnancy happens. How does she think pregnancy happens? Well, here's what I'm getting into. This is what I want to get into. Abortion is an economic issue because giving birth conscripts parents to work against their will. What? Forcing poor and working class people to give birth against their will, against their consent, against their ability to provide for themselves or a child is a profound economic issue, and it's certainly a way to keep a workforce basically conscripted to large-scale employers and to employers to work more against their will, to take second and third jobs against their desire and their own autonomy. Um, is... Is she suggesting that every child that's born to working class people is the result of some sort of forced, like, uh, rape type situation? Apparently. Do people, is she suggesting that poor and working class people don't understand how sex works, so they don't, all of a sudden they're surprised that they're pregnant? Is that what she's getting at? I think this is another rhetorical question. I found this to be interesting. Because it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, other than the fact that it's ramblings of a moron, <laughs> a complete moron, that, um, I don't think she realizes how insulting she's being to the people who yeah. she's trying to represent, right? She's basically saying, listen, my constituents, they're so stupid, they don't understand how biology works, okay? So, like, all of a sudden, all my constituents, you know, they're just all pregnant all the time because, you know, they're too stupid to know how this works. And they want abortions, so we should let them have them. I highly doubt the people of her, her district are, like, that savage. Like, that's, like, Neanderthal stuff. That yeah. she's essentially claiming her constituents to be. She's claiming her constituents are Neanderthals who have zero understanding of basic biology. Which they may or may not, considering that most people can't pass a United States citizenship test. So biology is a little bit harder than knowing that 435 members are in the House of, are the house of Representatives. <laughs> there, I mean, I feel like that's almost the MO of the Democrat Party. Is they're just constantly insulting their constituents and don't seem to care that they're insulting them. And I don't understand why their constituents aren't more offended because they are the most, the group of the most offended people. Right. So it's very interesting that they don't get offended. Well, one of the favorite thing, one of my favorite things and your, one of your favorite things also to point out is the bigotry of low expectations. Yeah. Which is a form of racism that exists exclusively in left-wing America. Yeah. That, that, this exists exclusively in left-wing America because liberals will bend over backwards to give the least qualified people of color the largest promotion that they could possibly give them and call it like the greatest thing in the world where conservatives will be like, no, that's just crappy. 
And they're like, oh, it's just racist because you don't just like love everything that everyone that we tell you to love does. And it's like, no, because we think that's like crappy art or crappy music. I don't think that's a good example. I feel like. No, no. I think it absolutely is. No, no, no. The good, the better example is how um, we can't have voter ID because that's racist because, because, you know, black and Latinos couldn't possibly figure out how to get themselves a license. Oh, that's true. How is that not the bigotry of low expectations? Well, yeah. That's like 100. I mean, that's, I mean, but that's like, I mean, but that's just like another example of, like, that's just another AOC example of my constituents don't understand how human biology works. Right. But I'm telling you, it cut, but it cuts in other things. Like it cuts in culture. It cuts in other things where there's just, it's an inability to, just simply be honest. It's an inability to be honest. It's an inability to call for any sort of, in the case of public policy, when you look at the AOC example or the voter ID example, um, of just a lack of personal responsibility that you're trying to enforce on your constituency of like, no, you have to put in some effort to be a citizen of this country. Right, like that's that's what that is. Um, we are nearing the end of time here, so we are going to. Oh, so I want to just talk over one thing. Apple sucks. They fired an executive after he made a crude joke. Um, so apparently, there's this guy, um, Tony Blevins. He was fired from Apple. He's their vice president of procurement. Obviously, he apparently saved the company like hundreds of millions of dollars during the building of that like. Uh, Oh, I recently, I actually recently learned what a procurement person is because Mm -hmm. we just got one at our company. Oh, cool. Do you know what a procurement person is? Tell me what a procurement person is. So the way the person at my company explained it to me was that basically they handle all contracts and any money flowing from any thing that costs the, the company something. So like if you have a contract with like Robin to have like, systems in place in the office that will go through them or you have a contract with another company to provide like zoom software or whatever like all of that goes through them and they have like software that can show you like the approvals process and all that stuff and it basically like so that's what it does gotcha it's like accounting but well apparently accounting meets organization apparently this guy is like the best at what he does and apparently, like, even like the Wall Street Journal like profiled the guy. And but, anyways, he's saved Apple hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, well, because companies big like that tend to buy doubles of the same thing because they have no <clears throat> idea what's going on. Exactly. So any so there's apparently this like rich, uh, this like expensive car TikTok guy, and okay. he goes to people with expensive cars, and he goes, "Hey, who are you? Like, how'd you get it?" And so. <laughs> Oh, so this TikToker came up to this procurement guy? Yeah. Oh, and tried to like ambush and him with him a video? The, and, and asked him, he was like, hey, look. Um, he, he goes, hey, you've got this beautiful car. And he put, it's, it's a $500,000 Mercedes Benz. Mm. It's a gorgeous sports car. And he asked him what he does for a living. And this guy Blevins responds, I race cars and play golf and fondle big-breasted women but I take weekends and major holidays off. <laughs> a complete throwaway line. 
a complete joke, Apple Candom. Because Apple he said him. bosoms? Big-breasted women. <laughs> they said it was sexist, unbecoming, unprofessional. You're canned. Fired him. I can't imagine it was payday. I'm sure he got a golden parachute out of it. I'm sure he was But shirt. this was like, he was like, what, ambushed by some TikToker? And it yeah, was like some guy just not up. even on company time? No, nah, no, nah, he was at a car event. He was like See, a this car is event. like the part of corporate America that I can't stand. Like, in my opinion, anything outside of the office should not, you should not be able to be fired for. I disagree with that. Why? Because I do think that that depending on what position you're in, depending on what position you're in the company, there's an, especially if you're, especially, especially if you are a publicly traded company, there is a reasonable expectation that you will handle yourself responsibly. And so you think they were right to fire him? Oh, hell no. No. Well, then you agree with me. No. Well, I agree with you up into a point. I agree with you up into a point, right? Like, so if you are um, the head of uh, uh, Nike and you're pictured in a Ku Klux Klan outfit, do you, do you, do you think, do you think it would be, why do you think, it would be wise for the board of directors to maybe sit that CEO down and explain why they're no longer going to be the CEO of Nike. What if that same CEO was caught in a Trump shirt? They get fired too. No, because that's a that's a. Re- I'm talking about you have to have extremes of behavior. There Some are- people would say supporting Trump is extreme. Of course it was, of course, but, but I mean, but, but that, but, but I'm talking about like, I don't think supporting a mainstream candidate for a major political party would be the same as supporting like a, a really fringe kind of like, organization. Yes. A sane person would say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I'm just saying like, as a, if, if I was, a I Nike, just think if this, I was a shareholder of a company this, whose CEO was pictured at a clan rally, I would be looking to sell that the okay, next day because this, they're going to drop 40%. This kind of thing bothers me. Like, unless he was going, this bothers me. unless he go, he's going on the TikTok representing Apple. Like he's like, mm-hmm. hi, I am Apple's procurement person. If mm-hmm. you represent yourself like that, then yes, you are representing the company. Cause that's how you introduce yourself. Then sure. Now you have invited that scrutiny. But if you're just representing yourself as your own person, you should be allowed to make a joke and not get fired for it. I 100% agree. I 100% agree. But let me ask you something. What about what 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 about Deshaun Watson? Was Deshaun Watson was the his suspension correct for the NFL? I mean, you know that I don't really agree with that, and you think it's not harsh enough. You don't think he should have been suspended? I think it should have been decided by a court of law, and whatever came of that, then that's how they should decide. Fair enough. He didn't do it on company time. He didn't he do did it. it on company time. He did it on company time. I thought he, he did it Houston, at his house. He did like, it on company time. He had the Houston Texans. He had the Houston Texans drop an NDA that he had masseuses sign. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Okay, then yeah, he women. should. He, 66 women. Okay, well, uh, excuse me. I didn't read into it because I frankly don't care. But I thought it was he was doing this on his own time, in his own house, whatever. But if he did it on company property with company money, then yeah, he's screwed. 
you get what you you reap what you sow. I guess I get well. I guess my follow up question to you would be: Do you think that there, do you think that there are actions that someone who has a public enough persona representing an organization, there are certain actions that they could take? Like I just said, if they like I just said, that like I just said, if go. if you are coming to something putting your company title against yours and representing them, then yes. But you are allowed to be your own person. Like, that's what I don't like about this corporate America nonsense is like they're basically saying you are not allowed to be your own person when you work for us. No, you're not. Well, I think that's crap. <laughs> well, I, 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 well, let me tell you. I think this Apple thing is nonsense. I agree with that. I agree with you on that. But I do agree that there are guardrails on behavior when you are representing a public company that simply, and I don't think that this case falls into that, but I do think like if Tim Cook was stabbed some guy in the street, he's not going to be CEO That's of different. Apple the next That's day. different. That's illegal. Yeah. But if Tim Cook walked down the street and called someone an a-hole, like, Okay. Sure, I think people are allowed to be like, I don't like him anymore because he's a jerk, mm-hmm. but I don't think Apple should be firing him. Now, if their stock goes down because that happened in the news, then they could point to that. But if nothing happens to the company, I don't think they can be like, oh, you got fired because you said a-hole on the street. Yeah, I agree. I think I think we shockingly agree on this. It sounds like we disagree, but I think we agree. Okay, at the end of the day. Mr. This is going to be a short podcast. It's like one of our longest ones. Can we please get to We're the... going to it now. Okay. McDonald's is rolling out a nostalgic new happy... Nostalgic new happy meal for adults. And you can get a Big Mac or a 10-piece chicken McNugget. First of all, which would you choose? Um, I really loved Big Big Macs growing up. Me too. So I take the Big Mac. Probably too. a Big Mac. And then you get uh, one of, I believe it is four collectible figurines. You can get a Grimace, a Hamburglar, um, a ca- a cactus buddy, <gasps> a cactus. Cactus. I don't recognize any of these except for the Hamburglar. Well, I know Grimace. How do you not know Who's Grimace? Grimace? Grimace what is, is the that? big purple thing. What big purple thing? What? Wait, go scroll back up. I do, uh, okay, wait, scroll back up. Okay, so this purple Grimace. thing has four eyes. I do not know this thing. Why do they all have four eyes? Yeah, why do they all have four eyes? Okay, I don't know what that thing What's is. A, is this a cactus, buddy? Okay, I guess I would pick cactus because I just now like cactus, but I have no McDonald's recollection. cactus, buddy? Okay, so I like the first comment I read it. It should also cost one one ninety nine, you know, for installed to say. It doesn't cost one ninety nine? Oh, I'm out. How much does it cost? Like eight dollars? No, I'm out. Wait, okay, so you got a Big Mac and a figurine and fries? Yeah, and drink. And a drink. Okay. Yeah. Do you get it in a fun little box? Because I, I always thought that was the best part. Is you, that you got it in a cutie little box. It's the cactus plant flea market box. Flea market box. What? I'm looking it up right now. Why does this article not have pictures of everything they talk about? What kind of a terrible copywriter put together this article? <laughs> it has to come in a fun little box or Cactus it doesn't count. Plant flea market. Why wouldn't it just come in, you know, do you remember it? It, would like, it had a circle on top and then the M's were the handles, you know, and it was a little... It looked like a house. 
you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. They should just bring that out. Anyway, okay, what was the question? You're getting way too hung up on the cactus thing. Um, I guess cactus plant flea market is like a thing. I don't know. Anyways, so um, I guess the question is, is there, what, I, I guess the question is, is there anything, what, what would you like to see McDonald's bring back slash what was your favorite Happy Meal memory? Um, we did not eat any fast food growing up. The only time I got McDonald's was when our babysitter would take us swimming in Marin and we would get lunch and sometimes she would let us go to McDonald's and we were always not allowed to tell our parents that she took us to McDonald's. <laughs> and even then I think I got Big Macs. I don't even think I got Happy Meals. Um, okay, the only time I got Happy Meals was when they were giving out the Beanie Babies. The Beanie Babies. The McDonald's meals. version Beanie Babies. I did beg to get those because... I thought they'd be worth a lot of money. And then apparently they got thrown out. (laughs) And then they were worth a lot of money. (laughs) They are now worth a lot of money. There you go. Yeah. People make fun of hoarders, but. I remember the Beanie Babies, all the fun boxes, all the different stuff like that. But I also, uh, you know, I think that, I think what everyone's favorite, if you never haven't watched it yet, go to HBO, McMillions, about the McDonald's Monopoly game. Oh, well, that's not a Happy Meal. It's not a Happy Meal thing, but it's just something that was awesome. And apparently completely rigged. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm getting one of these boxes. Oh, okay. When are you You, We should get them when we go to Chicago. Like on a vacation, I feel, is the best time. I feel weird going to a McDonald's when like we're at home. I don't know. It's like a, it's like a, it's a road trip slash traveling Thing. Oh, they have a McDonald's in the Chicago airport. We'll get it there. There you go. Okay. Um, this episode went really long, that so you're all welcome. Friday surprise. Long. Way too long. Way too long. Um, hope you loved our rambling. Um, we will see you on Monday. The chant is drill, baby, drill. He had such It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. Stay out the bushes. Jeff is a mess. <laughs> <laughs>